Hi, everybody. This is Tracy, and I'm delighted you've joined me for this episode of Good Life Stories. I created this podcast because I believe we are all seeking connection, and what better way to do that than through story? So get ready. These stories are meant to suck you in. Welcome to Good Life Stories. Hi, everybody. This is Tracy. Welcome to Good Life Stories. Today, my guest is an old friend of mine, Amy Lang. She has a website called Birds and Bees and Kids, all spelled out. And she has been working with kids and parents and educators for a long time, helping them figure out better ways to have conversations with kids about sex and sexuality. We had a great time talking today, and I wanted to make sure and give you a warning. Amy does cover a couple of very sensitive topics that people might find difficult to listen to. Remember, her topic is sex and sexuality. So if you think that you might find uh, topics around uh, that upsetting or could be triggering, be sure to just skip the first part of the episode. We'll build in a quick break so you'll know where to skip ahead to. But anyways, Amy is out of Seattle. She's a fantastic educator on sex and sexuality, and I am so happy for you to hear from her today. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Good Life Stories. This is Tracy. My guest today is Amy Lang of Birds and Bees and Kids. I have known her for several years now. And when we got started on this, she was one of the people who was top on my list to have on my show because I knew that there were things that I hadn't had a chance as a friend to learn and that she'd have a few really good life stories for us. So um, hi, welcome, Amy. And uh I know we were chatting a little bit about how to get started. And so, you know, for me, my biggest question for you was, where did birds and bees and kids actually start? Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I'm really excited about this and what you're doing. I think it's just such a lovely and needed idea. So how I got started, you have a trigger alert at the top. So I'm just going to say that again. So I'm a sexuality and parenting educator. And what I do is help parents talk with their kids about the birds and the bees. And as you can imagine, I did not say when I was 11, I'm going to grow up and be a sex educator that works with parents. That is not, that is not my path. Um, but my story does start in childhood. And this is, and just Tracy, thank you so much, because this is a story I generally don't tell because it was hard on me and it can be hard on, you know, hard on folks to hear. So when I was, I think 10 or 11, I was at the coast with my mom and her cousin, Gloria, who's incredibly cool. And she had a pile, there was a pile of Ms. Magazines and I was looking through them and Ms. Magazine had this section called stories for free children. And it was cartoons and stories that were kid friendly. And I was looking through one of the issues and I found this photograph and it was of a woman who was on the floor and she had died from an illegal abortion. And I, I looked at that and I think I read some, I wasn't sure what had happened, but I sorted out what, you know, I sorted out what had happened. Now, this was incredibly upsetting to me. 
I didn't know what to do with it. And my family was not such that I could say, oh my God, I saw this thing. I'm freaking out. What does it mean? And so I carried that image of her and her name is Jerry Santoro. Jerry Santoro. Jerry Santoro. It was in 1973. Yeah, it was in 1973. And she already had kids and she was in a terrible relationship and it just felt like the best decision for her from what we understand about her story. All right. So here I am, I see this thing and I already knew about sex and I had books to read and that kind of thing. But I think that happening made me more interested in, um, you know, how do we help people? And I became really interested in, um, you know, like birth control and sexuality in general, and how do you not get pregnant and STIs and all that. So it just became a curiosity of mine. And for my 18th birthday, my mom gave me a copy of Our Bodies Ourselves, which is the, you know, women's health Bible. It's got everything in it. It's got stories in it and that kind of thing. So on my 18th birthday, I'm like, yay, thanks. You never talked to me about sex, but I got this thing. And I flip <laughs> through it. And what do I see? This image of Jerry again. Yeah. I could not I read that thing cover to cover. I loved it. And I could not look at that page. It took me, I think it took me two years before I finally felt, you know, okay enough to see, read about her and to see what happened. And so I loved sexual health. I loved learning about all of that stuff. And so when I was in college, I volunteered for a telephone hotline and we, that was started in 1973 and folks would call in looking because they needed to terminate their pregnancies and we had safe places for them to go. And we did abortion counseling and birth control counseling because if you're not, if you want to end a pregnancy, you really need to know how to not get pregnant again. Right. (laughs) So I'm doing that. I ended up running the program and I did a lot of just general um, sexual health counseling and I loved it. And it was my hobby. That's what I did for fun of all weird things. Um, <laughs> and you know, it's like, what do you do for fun? Well, this is what I do for fun. And then I ended up volunteering as a patient advocate for an actual abortion clinic. And so once a week I would be with women while they were going through this process. And I, loved it. I loved being there for someone who was making a difficult decision, making sure that it was right for them. And I said, I said, Nope, sorry, not the time for you. And making sure they had a plan for birth control and moving forward in their relationships and that kind of thing. So it was incredibly rewarding. And I knew what I was doing. And I was really good at it. And I was working with primarily, you know, like, whatever, 15 to 45 year old women. And um, I just had it down was really good at it. Yeah. And then I had a child. <laughs> planned. <laughs> planned pregnancy. Planned. Good plan. Planned. planned. Um, and I had just assumed I was going to be so great at having sex talks with him that I was going to be comfortable and confident and know what to say and all of that. And um, let's just say I didn't. And I was working at Planned Parenthood at the time. And I remember, I remember thinking, I got to talk to Milo. We got to talk to Milo about sex. And then I was like, oh yeah, I'll get on this. Like I can do this. And I had a book called How Babies Are Made. And it's beautiful. It's from the seventies. And it's these paper cutouts and it starts with chickens and animals and leads up to, you know what, right. To doing it. And so I'm reading with him. He's in my lap. He's four and I'm reading along. And then do I get to the human reproduction section and it's three little words, penis enters vagina. And I'm, I, I couldn't do it. 
I couldn't do it. So I I said, and the end. And he said, thanks, mama. And he hops off and goes right. back to playing Duplo or Legos or whatever. And I sat there and I thought, oh, my God, you chicken. You chicken. What is this? So the next day we read it again and I read everything and he hopped off my lap and said, thanks, mama, and went back to playing Legos like nothing had happened. And so that was my moment when I really was like, okay, this is not working out for you. Um, and then the other thing, it took a few steps for me yeah. to get to where I am now. So the other thing that happened, and I have permission to tell all these stories, um, yeah. is that he was getting ready for a bath and he grabbed his penis and he said, hey, mama, did you know? And I stood there and I thought, oh, please do not tell me it feels good to touch your penis. Because yeah. I would have got nothing. I got and nothing. <laughs> I'm like, ah, right. I'm like, no, thank you. So I'm standing there and I'm really calm and poker face like we're supposed to do. And I said, what? And he said, I can see the veins in there where the blood goes. And I said, great, get in the bathtub. Yep. And that was, that was it. I was like, all right, miss sexuality educator. You know, I'm like, Hey, right on. I'd rather deal with a, you know, a 15 year old and their pregnancy than my five year old and his penis. Right. I mean, <laughs> This is not good. This is not good. So that was where I had this seed of like, hey, you know what? I need help. Like, I had no idea, really. I think like most people, right? Like, I mean, for you, like, were you thinking about talking to your kiddos about the birds and the bees? Did you have yeah. like a, a, an, an, like an age where you thought, okay, I got to get this party started? Did you think about See, that? When and you I were think the coolest course? thing for me is I took an amazing sex ed class at UW. I've completely forgotten the teacher's name, but that class like totally changed my outlook on sex ed for kids. And she basically just said, if you wait to talk to your children to when you're comfortable talking to them about it, they won't listen. So she said, you just need to start talking to them about it as soon as they're able to comprehend you. And she said, and then you just answer them. And she said, just pay attention. Cause just like Milo, they'll just walk off when they're bored. Like if you keep going too far or tell them more than they want to know, so far as like, you know, what, what the body parts for or whatever, they'll just walk off. Yeah. But like if, you know, and so that's what we did with our boy. Like it just, it was never what we taught them is it was not off the table. Yeah. Anything yeah, you, any question you had, anything you ran into, just to ask. Yeah. And and that yeah. that was, I loved having that open door and I realized what a huge benefit was to both my boys as they were getting older. Oh yeah, totally. And most folks don't get that, right? Yeah. I didn't really get that. I mean, I was just dealing with the aftermath of not having enough information and also, right. I mean, pregnancy happens when everybody's doing the right things, but yeah. So yeah. So, and, and you know, I'm thinking, okay, you're so lucky, right? We didn't, I didn't have that. So I have all yeah. these like, okay, fifth grade, because that's when sex ed happens. Or how about, you know, I know when they ask, like if they, like if they ask, how's a baby made, then there you go, you're good to go. But my child would never, ever ask because that's his personality, right? Right. What do you do if you have a kid that never asks? You're not going to, they're not going to get what they need. Yep. So I'm, I'm like, all righty, I got to sort this. So I'm trying to figure it out. There's all this different information. And what I ended up doing is I just took a pause and I thought, what country has the lowest teen pregnancy, HIV, STI rates, what country, right. <laughs> like, what country is this? On, right? <laughs> yeah. And so that's the Netherlands. 
They are number one in, they have the lowest everything. They have the best teen sexual health outcomes. They rock sexuality in general. And so I was like, all righty, let's do that. And remember, I'm just doing this for Carrie and I, my spouse and my yeah. like, I'm yeah. not, I'm not having a grand scheme here. And then just a little side note, the United States is number one in the opposite. We have the worst <laughs> teen sexual health, com- health outcomes. <laughs> Highest pregnancy rates in the developed world, STI, HIV rates, highest, highest, highest. So we are, U.S. is terrible when it comes to teen sexual health outcomes. So our Puritan heritage is still kicking it, our butts. It is <laughs> kicking our butts. When you don't talk about it, bad things happen. Exactly, exactly. And when you think your kids are never going to do it, um, that's not a thing. Yeah, everybody does it pretty much eventually. And you know, my belief is that they should be prepared and as ready as they can be so that when they make that choice, which they will do, that they will be ready and they'll be able to protect themselves and have a more clear headed decision. But of course, a little bit of that is like, fingers crossed, right? Exactly. Anyway, so okay, so I get that all good. Great. I'm like, alrighty, this is good. And then I thought, Oh, doing this in my family, maybe I could teach other parents how to talk with their kids about sex. This sounds like fun. I could do that. And I also, my master's degree is in applied behavioral science. And my focus was in adult education and group facilitation. There we go. Hey, alrighty. So I can combine my sex talk and love with my, with my, you know, my degree and help parents. And so that, that was 2006. And I just got going and it was before social media and it was all like organically growing and, and, you know, Milo uh, spent a significant portion of his childhood being mortified by my work and me. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, that's how that goes. That's yeah. how that goes. So <laughs> that's my, that's my origin story. So, you know, um, it started bad, right? Like tra- it was a trauma. It was traumatizing for me. And then that motivating me to help other folks, right? Not through that and not have a traumatic experience and then turning that into let's all just know about, let's be ready for this. Like yeah. help your kids be ready. Like we weren't prepared. I was not prepared. Yep. Right. I mean, I had birth control because good, you know, I learned a thing or two, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know the rest. I didn't understand. Like nobody really understands, but the rest of it, the social, the emotional stuff, I was not good for that. And it's so funny because especially with all your work, you know, listening to you share your story about working at Planned Parenthood and all that, I just think like that you would have felt more prepared, but how different it is when it's your own child, you know, versus like even going to teach a class. Yeah. You know, because all of your personal whatever comes up, you know, what were you taught? Weren't you taught all that? You know, what, when did you have those conversations with your family? And like, I'm none, you know, (laughs) I think sometime in high school, my mom told me that she owned the joy of sex. Excellent. And And I could read it if I wanted to. I still to this day do not know where the book was in the house, but she did tell me it existed. (laughs) Yeah, I knew where my parents, my parents had it too, but I was a snooper. And so I found it. It was under in my mom's like serious snooper. Maybe I should have been a like a detective or something, or, or maybe the other thing. Maybe she yeah. been a burglar, right? Yeah. So I figured out. I don't know why I pulled out her bottom dresser drawer, and you know how there's oftentimes a space there, and it was in there, and I poured over that thing. Yeah. Um. But it 
hilarious that she said, here, read this. You could right. read this if you want to. It's like, no, thank you. No, no, thank no, no. You. Like, I mean, no, and no. I was doing what every other teenager did. I was talking to all my friends, getting all sorts of like bad intel, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. And you know, it's funny now, you know, the p- pornography is such a huge part of childhood and adolescence now, um, because kids are exposed to it really frequently. And people will ask me uh, anything, any yeah. other resource, because they're curious. And I say the joy of sex. And yep. because it's, it, it's heterosexual. There's that folks have trouble with that, but they're hairy. <laughs> Right, you know, just, and it's yeah. it's it's beautiful. They're beautiful illustrations. It's yep. not pornographic, and it's an it's a safer place. It's a healthy, <laughs> more neutral discussion of mm-hmm. the topic. It doesn't mm-hmm. have any necessarily, you know, angles to it. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know? Right, and you know, and porn, you know, can't just trying to say, it. hey, man, sex is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sex is thing. a good this thing. How this works. Yep, this is a good thing. There are lots of different ways to do it. It's not for kids. And I mean, I'm talking about that, like for teenager Yeah, yeah, folks. yeah. Um, when people are yeah. looking for a resource when that their kid needs more than where did I come from kind of stuff. Right. And also to keep them away from the porn, which... Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, you know, and I, I think about, you know, especially with what you and I are talking about right now, like even with our kids, we had a little bit of the the window where this wasn't as much of an issue. And I feel like what you're doing right now is so helpful to people because there isn't really a good way to shield your kids like there used to be. I mean, you mm-hmm. can do a lot, but even even when you're doing a lot, you're there's still going to be a miss here or there that is going to cause something and being ready for that conversation, or at least being able to let them know, like, hey, I can talk to you a little bit about this now, but I'm not, even if it's the having the intentionality of, you've brought up something really sensitive, I'm going to explain a little bit of this to you so you understand, but I'm not going to go into detail because it's not appropriate. And so like kind of letting them know, like, the, it's all right if you understand this conceptually, but we don't need to have a 45 minute conversation about this really, really upsetting thing. Right. If all you need is, what is this? Right. And what is this and what are your values about it? Right. And one of the things we do is we err on the side of not giving enough information. Yeah. So one of my little rules of thumb is is if it gives you a sweaty upper lip, you hit it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The thing people think is that you're you're not going to ruin your kids. Right. You're not going to ruin your kids. Like by giving them the information, like like you said, explaining what it is. Maybe some details, always your values about whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you're so much safer than Googling it. They're <laughs> friends, right? Right. You're going to give yeah. them accurate, calm information. You're going to leave the door open for more conversation. Yeah. You know, and it's also okay, especially when you're having a difficult topic conversation, like, you know, like this one, is yeah. just come back and say, hey, remember when we were talking about this? I forgot to mention this. And so parse it out. Yeah. Parse it out. And yeah, I mean, this is our response. I mean, as parents, this is our responsibility. And I so wish that we were not puritanical culture, that we were like the Netherlands and saw sexuality as a healthy, normal, natural, fun, cool part of life and something to be prepared for, as opposed to us, where we're all running around trying to prevent people from doing stuff. Well, and, and trying to pretend they're not going to or not yeah. talking about it at all. It's like, okay, let, you know, let's come to reality. Let's have a real conversation about what we know is happening. 
right. and help them guide, help them, you know, just give them some guidance. You know, yes. <laughs> don't leave yes. them in a vacuum because there's so many more things yes. that can fill that vacuum now than when oh, I was yeah. young. Yes, 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 yes. And sooner better. Sooner yeah. better. The sooner you're in the door with information, the sooner you're establishing that this is something you talk about in your family, the yep. sooner they're going to do better, feel better, you know, in the long run, in the yeah. long run. Yeah. Having and, that open door thing yeah. makes all yeah. the difference. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and I think, you know, just as an example, for me, if I had been able to read that, look at that and knew that I could talk to my mom about any kind of body sexuality stuff, like I didn't I get it, but I got it. Like maybe I got it later. I don't know, but I knew yeah. it was awful. Yeah. Um, if I'd been able to go to her and say, I just saw this terrible picture. What is this? And um, it's freaking me out. Right. And then yeah. she would have been able to do whatever she was going to be able to do with that. Um, actually my, her cousin Gloria probably would have been a rock star with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not her child. So if I had been able to do that with that trauma, I mean, maybe I, I, I don't know. I, I would probably still end up doing what I'm doing, but I would not have been 18 years old and not able to look at that picture I had seen, you know, however mm -hmm. many years before I would, I would have been able to say, Oh yeah, that. Yeah. Terrible right. story. Terrible thing that happened to her. We know, I don't want that to happen to other people ever again. Right. And, right. and yeah. And anyway, again, like, you know, like I said, I don't talk about this because, you know, I'm in front of a group of PTA parents. I'm like, Hey, I was traumatized. I was traumatized when I was young. So here's my yeah. story. Here's my story. And they would never listen to me. They would all be freaked out. Like maybe you are a sweet listener. Sorry. So. Um, yeah. So anyway, I mean, I just, um, yeah, it's just nice for me to be able to talk about that. So I really appreciate it. And it is a good story, right? Like the end, you know, I imagine I've been doing this for 16 years and I have parents say, Hey, thank you. I yeah. talk really openly. My daughter, she's 15. She told me she wants to have sex with her boyfriend. She's birth controlled. We're all like, no, oh, thank you. For, I don't know. 15 yeah. year old no sex. But she said, she's going to be protected. So how many, you know, how many folks have I protected from pregnancies they weren't intended, that weren't intended, like STIs, like mm -hmm. help, like how many kid, young people have I helped? So that, you know, that for me is really, Im really important and really important. What and an amazing impact. And so funny. I mean, what a blessing that you've had people who were able to tell, tell you, but like, I think about all the people who've been exposed to your stuff, who don't know you enough to reach out and say, Hey, by the way, you made this yeah. impact in my life, you know, yeah. Yeah. and, uh, you know, becoming, becoming a resource is, is kind of an amazing privilege for you, you know, that yeah. you've, that yeah. you've become, that you have yeah. materials out there and all sorts of stuff out there for people. Yeah, I do so, lots of things. Yeah. Lots and lots of things. So, yeah. So if you're thinking about kind of my other, when we're thinking about, uh, just kind of life stories and stuff like that for, for birds and bees and kids, but also for me, like, do you have any other stories that kind of came to mind as you were talking about that, that are sort of tangential or that you kind of saw changes? Like as you've progressed through this journey, was there any other kind of pivot point or whether was there a point in your business that things changed or evolved in a new direction that uh, comes to mind and, and no is an okay answer, but one thing that did that did happen that I did not anticipate happening is that when I was like, all right, I'm going to write a curriculum and I'm going to teach parents how to talk about sex. And then I got to, oh crap, I got to learn. I got to, I got to talk about sexual abuse. And I, and I have a clear memory. I thought, okay, I do not want to 
how can I get out of this? Like I literally <laughs> thought, how can I not do this? Like, how can I skip can I this part? How can I skip this? Because it's not important. It's I'm like, crap. So I'm sitting there and then I thought, oh, what's healthy sexuality look like in childhood? Like maybe I could learn about that and use that as a lens for teaching about what's not typical in terms of kids' sexual behaviors. And then, because if you know it's normal, right, it's a lot easier to say, oh, that ain't right. <laughs> like, that's not okay. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I learned all about healthy childhood sexual behavior and sexual development all through the lifespan. And uh, there's a lot of stuff that folks, you know, that uh, people, adults think is, is sexually abusive when it's just curiosity based. Like you show me yours, I'll show you mine. Like two little people peeing at the same time. They've got both got penises and one's circumcised and one's not. And the one says, can I touch your penis? And they're like, sure, have a heyday. And then people think that is somehow abusive when it's just five-year-olds being five-year-olds and being curious. So, right. so I learned all of that. And then I had an opportunity. I was like, Oh, I bet I, I bet I could work with folks who work with kids because I'm thinking they probably don't know this. So I started working with people who work with kids. So mostly early, early childhood educators. And I work with the Air Force Youth and Family Services programs and provide this training for their staff and their child development centers primarily. And what it does for them is every everybody kind of, they all get signs and symptoms training, which isn't as helpful because if we come out of this culture where we think everything that happens with a kiddo, like touching their tallywhacker or their clitoris, because it feels good. Oh my God, that's something. Uh, it's not, it feels good. It's normal. Everybody does it pretty yeah. much. And so if they know that, then they're going to, it's going to reduce their anxiety and they'll be calmer when they're interacting with the kids. They'll be, have better conversations with the parents, the caregivers and amongst themselves, because then it levels the playing field. So yeah. if you have one person and if somebody has an abuse history, they're more likely to be triggered and to see any kind of things like that. That's like playing doctory stuff as yeah. a problem, but yeah. their colleague is not in that state. They can have a conversation and be more rational about it. And, you know, most of the time when kids are engaging in any kind of sexual behaviors, it's typical. It's not con really concerning. It needs to stop because it's not safe, but it's not because of something that's happened to them. So anyway, so I'm just going to give one more little teachy thing just because yeah. I was like, well, what's normal? So I'm just going to tell you how to identify something that's not typical and concerning. So if the behavior is adult-like, what they're doing, how they're talking about it, so language, that kind of thing. Um, and if your adult concern is high, you're like, uh-oh, this ain't right. Their kid probably needs help. And, you know, the other thing is this, that um, kids don't lie. They do not lie. 96% of the time they tell the truth. So if they say this person touched me, believe them. They don't lie. They don't lie. And it's awful. But I think that again, like the more we talk openly about all of sexuality, even the thing that I was like, get me out of this. <laughs> like, I really tried hard. I was like, I don't want to do this. Oh, but I did it. And I do it in a different way. But I, I love that. And I think it's such a what a huge gift you brought to those people because I feel like the just in anything, I mean, kind of the rule of the you see what you're looking for, 
And if all you're trained on are signs and symptoms of abuse, then you're simply looking for that. Whereas if you're told this is one side, and then here's this other giant pile of other normal, then you can use what you were talking about. You can use that adult sense of, wait a minute, that's not in this other side. Yeah, And, you know, I feel like just giving people that filter, like how to have a conversation and, and, you know, and trusting children, you know, Mm -hmm. but also when you're talking about a child and child interaction, you know, like you were saying, if you're, if you are an abuse victim, you're going to have a very different reaction to that than someone who isn't. And even if you just, you know, even whether whether or not you share that within a work context in a childcare center, but Mm -hmm. you might be able to just say, I'm having trouble with this. Can you step in? You know, yeah. just the, where do you tag out? Like, and you don't mm-hmm. have to tell people why, like, it doesn't matter why. Yeah. Just the, I need to tag out. Please listen to these kids and help them. You know, just yeah. the, it's okay to back up, you know. Right. Totally okay to back up. And okay in to back up life. and hand them somebody great. <laughs> and in family life too, you know, that, that happened. It ha- of course it happens. We all know. It. I remember playing with Derek, little yeah. Derek up the street, right? Yep. I remember that. Like curious, 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 right? And so just in family life, it's going to happen. And same thing, if you have a sense of, okay, this is typical, then how am I going to interact with my child? And, you know, one of the interesting things about all this, I worked with the Boys and Girls Club of King County for a long time. And I asked, uh, after like four years, I was like, so have you, what's going on with reporting? Like, you know, reporting to Child Protective Services. Has it increased? And she said, oh, God, no, Amy, it is so reduced because we know what we're doing. We know what we're doing. And so overloading the system with like, okay, this happened. And and then they have to get involved. And then it's not a thing. And they can handle, you know, they can take care of, you know, I mean, I give them some metrics and stuff. So it was really nice to hear that for them. But then the other statistic that I love, Darkness to Light, which is an abuse, sexual abuse prevention organization, they did a study and they determined that for every one adult that goes through one of their trainings, the sexual abuse prevention training, 10 kids are, are helped. Wow. But if you're working, like I'm working with a group of childcare providers, you know, there's 50 of them and they work with kids for years. Like think of all the kids that they are, that they're impacting whose lives they can save. So that was a big, I I did not know that was going to happen. You know what I mean? I didn't set out thinking I was going to do that. So I do parents and I do professionals. Yeah. But wow, I mean, what a neat thing, especially working with an organization like the Boys and Girls Club, where they're, where they are, they are somewhere where they would be tracking. Cause like mo- most organizations are, or, you know, PTA groups, they're not tracking that. That's not part yeah. of their, they don't do that, you know, in the, at least on the same level, we assume that the PTA, that the Boys and Girls Club would have the opportunity to do so. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just because the sheer number of kids. Right. Um, right. And they're, you know, legally required to and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, they have to, you know, but it's just, wow, what a neat impact to think about. I love that one to 10 concept. It's just yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when I teach groups, that's what I end with. I'm like, we we end, I have yeah. them circle up and we have a couple things to do. And then I say, before you leave, I want you to know this. I, you need, I want you to hear this and know this, like you are protecting like hundreds of kids in your lifetime, potentially. So just by knowing this, just, yeah. just by taking this really great, you know, and I think it's so fantastic because there's so much of what we've talked about and touched on, you know, personally. And then within what you've shared with us today is the most adults didn't get this education. Yeah. And so even if you're just adding to that, 
within their own house, you know, so whether mm-hmm. if you're just teaching parents, like, hey, this is all what's healthy. These are the, you know, here's some resources and great places to reach out is, is really powerful. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Tracy again. Amy's story proceeds from here. Amy has passed by the more sensitive content. So if you skipped it, thanks. All right. So one of the things we were joking about, my, my personal superpower is being able to walk through your house and tell you what size you haul um, you can use, but I've never been a mover. Do you have a superpower? Um, my superpower, I don't even know if it's a superpower, <laughs> but when people tell me things, they tell me things they've never told people before, or they like, here's a hilarious example. So I've been playing pickleball. And I'm at the pickleball place to play and I don't know anybody really. And I'm chatting with this guy and he's older and he's drinking water. And he says something like, I'm trying to drink more water, but then he's like, but then the peeing, like, you know, because every 20 minutes I'm like, yeah, no, totally get it. And then here's this other guy who chimes in and he says, oh yeah. He says, you know, I, I just had a urinary tract infection. (laughs) What? So he said, I thought he was going to say you had an ST because we're talking about peeing right. and he said something and I thought, oh my God, do not tell me you've had like, an ST. No, no, no. So I just had a UTI and I'm like, oh, and he said, yeah, you know, I've never had one before and I was in Arizona and he said, yeah, you know, I didn't know what was going on and I went to the doctor and he said it was so weird because I was like peeing every, you know, felt like I had to pee every 20 seconds and I'm like, uh-huh. And then he went on to say he was, got it because he was at a hot springs and they didn't, you know, everybody's naked and it's all natural and they clean with vinegar. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so that is one of my, I don't know what that is, but that is one of my. Okay, I love that as a superpower that you are like, not really a confessional, like in a bad way, but like you're the person, you're the person people just randomly open up to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes it's stuff that's really awful, but. And then I wanted to turn to this guy, Kim, Kim, that I just met and say, sorry, that was me. That was probably me. Um, anyway, probably just, that. Yeah, it just cracked me up. I mean, especially when I thought, oh, God, don't tell me you have an STI. Yeah, please. I really, I don't really, I, I didn't want to know that. But I yep. really don't want to know that. So it was good. It was, <laughs> it was at least and the more neutral version. You know, and then I'm like, oh yeah, been there, done that. <laughs> what are you doing? Anyway, so I'd say that's I my superpower. It. I one love of them. it. I can't think of any others, but yeah. yeah that's no, that's fun. That's fun. Do you have a favorite quote? Oh my God. Um, yes, I do. And um, it is a variation on a theme, which is don't do to other people what you wouldn't want done to you. Yeah, I like that. Like not do unto others. It's don't do to other people what you wouldn't want done to you. Yep. That's one of my very favorites. I feel like that's a really good focus for (laughs) what you do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of a good focus for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any big projects that are coming out this year? What else going on with you and your business this year? What are you working on? So two things. I just finished my most recent book. It's called Sex Talks with Tweens, What to Say and How to Say It. And it is 
10-ish percent tips and 90% scripts. So there's a script for abortion. And how do you talk about abortion with your kids and every other thing you can possibly think of tampons, BJs, like the whole shebang. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that people have said to me over the years is just, just tell me what to say. Just tell me what to say. Cause we don't know what to say. Because it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't said to us. Right? So we have zero. Yeah. Nothing yeah. scored. And, yeah. And you know, my words are not for everyone, but there's enough there that they are for everyone. You can take the pieces of yeah. it and put it together for yourself. And I didn't, I mean, it's sex positive and my values are in there some, but yeah. mostly, you know, there's, you talk about tampons, tampons, a tampon, right? Right. Um, <laughs> what is right? this thing? How do you what explain this, this thing? thing? How do you use it? <laughs> um, so that I'm really excited about. Um, and so it's out, you can get it. It's on all the places where you can buy the books. Um, and then the other thing I'm excited about is that I'm starting something called the Parent Hive. And yeah. it's going to be small, 25 people. And we are together for five or six sessions. And it's a deep dive in how to talk to your, right now I'm focusing on tweens about yeah. sex. So, and I'll just be doing those like throughout the year. And I'm yeah. really excited about it because I wish they could be in person. And maybe I'll try to do some in Seattle that are in person. But yeah. Um, I'm really excited to just teach and teach in a more, in a more deeply. And um, so, yeah, that's my, those two things, my book, yeah. Hippie Skippy yeah. and that. So and that. sex talks with tweens. You that's can find it on Amazon and all the other wonderful, great places. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can people order it off your website, birdsandbeesandkids.com? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you go to birdsandbeesandkids.com and click on my bookstore, it's the first thing there. Excellent. Can they sign yeah. up for the parent hive stuff there too? They need to sign up for my newsletter and you get some freebies and that's how you find out about the hive. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So my very last thing to make sure people know about Amy is that she also has a podcast. So if I, you're looking for listening to her beautiful voice a little bit more, and if you prefer the audio versus the print version of what she says, I love listening to her laugh and talk to different people and share great tips about what to do with your kids. Yeah. Yeah. So it's called Just Say This and it's Q&A style. It's my advice column. So you call in, leave me a voicemail and then I answer on the show. Nice. And it's nice. fun. And I do every other week I do a chirp, which is basically a how to talk about something. And nice. it's just the just the words for the thing. Um, so yeah, it's it's fun. And I occasionally have guest stars, which is also fun. Yeah. And it was so funny, like you said that and I'm thinking, so if a parent was really, really struggling with how to talk to a kid about something, they could both just listen to your episode together. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I, I, not, I mean, talk about it's not a trigger alert. It's the at the top. I'm like, um, do not yeah. listen to this with your kids because they no, will hate you no, forever. No. Yeah. <laughs> or do, although yeah. I think there are people that do, and I'm like, okay, fine. That's you're, that's you're traumatizing your children. They're not exactly. Yeah, you know, somewhere in there, you're gonna be like, oh, who, who, what was that that we listened to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, well. Amy, thanks for joining me today. I really, really appreciate your time. Thanks for the great stories. Thank you for hosting me and having me on the show. I really appreciate it. I can't wait to listen to all your other episodes. It'll be fun. Thanks so much for listening to Good Life Stories. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit our website at goodlifestories.com for more show notes and additional episodes please subscribe and consider rating and reviewing the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to help others connect to us. Who do you know with a good life story? I would love to hear from you. Bye.
Good life stories, creating connection one story at a time.